From May 23rd to 25th, the Human Rights Foundation's community reunited in Norway for the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum at the Oslo Concerthus. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together to discuss the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. This year's theme, Champion of Change, represented a strong, scalable call to action for our community, inviting our audience to act and advocate on behalf of activists who are themselves champions and their causes. At the Oslo Freedom Forum, we realize that everyone has the potential to affect change, either as a champion on an individual level or as part of a larger movement. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators, a series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. This episode was recorded during the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum, a global gathering of activists and dissidents united in standing up to tyranny. Since 2009, individuals have come from across the world to educate, share, and inspire at the Oslo Freedom Forum. You can watch this programming and more on the Oslo Freedom Forum YouTube or Facebook pages. In the summer of 2020, Belarusians rose up in protest against the dictator Alexander Lukashenko. Despite a brutal crackdown, three women stood up to Lukashenko's corrupt and authoritarian regime. Svetlana Tihonovskaya ran for president after her husband, Sergei, was imprisoned. She was joined by Veronika Tsepkalo, whose husband, Valery, was forced into exile after running for president, and Maria Kalesnikova, the campaign manager of Viktor Babariko, another imprisoned presidential candidate. The three women united their campaigns and two weeks before the election held the largest opposition rally in the history of Belarus, where thousands of Belarusians expressed their support for freedom and democracy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For the last 28 years, the same person rules Belarus. He managed to build a dictatorial system where no political opponent has chance to survive inside of the country. If you are in opposition, you end up either in the prison or in exile. Every day, he embraces new laws and regulations to make our life miserable inside of Belarus. We are put in the prison for, for leaving a, a comment in the social media. We are put in the prison for wearing white and red colors, our national colors of Belarus. Just to give you an example, last week he introduced a new, his puppet parliament introduced a new law. Under this law, everybody who is committing the act of the terrorist will be sentenced to death. You just can imagine. We live in the European in European countries, we are one of the European countries in the 21st century, and we are sentenced to death. Now, looking at three of us, you can see what Belarus terrorists look like. <sighs> but the year 2020 changed everything. In May 2020, the uh, presidential elections were announced in, in Belarus. Three strong candidates declared they were going to take part in these elections. The first one is Sergei Tikhanovsky, a husband of Svetlana the second one is Viktor Babarika, and the third one is Valerie Tsipkala, my husband. For me, a true leader is the one who has the following features. Number one, he or she has a 
vision for the future of his country. He or she needs to debate this vision in the open and public discussion. And number three, she needs to be able to fulfill this vision in her or his country. Sergei Tikhanovsky became a very popular blogger in Belarus. Viktor Babarika, he was a head of the, one of the largest Belarus bank, Belgazprom Bank, and my husband, Valeria Tsepkala. He built High Technologies Park, the largest IT cluster in Central and Eastern Europe. For me, they were true leaders back in 2020. I was next to my husband since the day one of the presidential campaign in Belarus. I got a chance to travel across the country. I got a chance to see regular people, to talk to the people. In the beginning of the campaign, nobody believed the changes will ever happen in the country like Belarus. But by the end of the campaign, people had a very strong desire and will that the changes will happen in the country of Belarus. Lukashenko, like any other coward dictators, he started to get rid of the strong leaders. First, he imprisoned Svetlana's husband, Sergei. Second, he imprisoned Viktor Babarika, my husband. He was going to be the third one. But we decided we're not going to give up our campaign no matter what. So that's when my husband, Valeria Tsepkal, he made a call to Svetlana and Maria, and he proposed to unite all of us. We give up everything. We give up our ambitions. We give up our life for the future of the Republic of Belarus. And this is how our trio was composed. Many people ask me, what did Belarus revolution ignite? My answer is simple. We united people around two simple principles, not around a particular person. The principle number one, to release all political prisoners. And the principle number two, to pronounce, announce new and fair elections. These two simple principles resonated in people's life. Very often I'm asked, if it was scary for me to take part, to be part of the presidential elections in an authoritarian country like Belarus, to be honest with you, yes, it was very scary. Because in the country like Belarus, you don't know if you will get back home in the evening. You don't know if you're going to hug your children in the evening. You don't know your future in the country like Belarus. But we made it. We made it. And one more example. For example, during one of our rallies, we were three of us, Maria, Svetlana, and myself. We were told that on the roof of one of the residential buildings, across the stage we were delivering the speech, there were snipers. It was one of the scary moments in my life. We didn't know what to do. So basically, we just turned around and waved to them. And you know, it was the moment of truth for me. I was next to my friends, Svetlana and Maria. We were shoulder to shoulder, hand to hand, and we were together with our people. This very moment, I realized we're going to win. Belarus is going to win. And then, presidential elections took place in Belarus, August 9, 2020. You probably have heard of the level of repressions in our country. 40,000 people, innocent people, civilians, were illegally imprisoned in Belarus for nothing. Many civilians lost their lives. They were murdered. Not a single criminal charge was open. Belarusians, they sacrificed everything for their future, for the future of our country, and for the future of Europe. Today, uh, personally, if I talk about me and my family, because many people also ask, what, what about you? What did you sacrifice? We sacrificed everything, my family. All our assets are under arrest. 
my banking account, my salary account is under arrest. They even arrested our TV set and vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. And you know, today, when we are not in Belarus, unfortunately, the leaders of opposition, we reside in different countries, in different cities, and we are not united as we used to be back in 2020. I, I'm a firm believer. Only being united, only being together, we are able to dismantle the regime which was building for the last 26 years. Only together we are going to win this war. Живе Беларусь! Long live my beautiful Belarus! On the morning of September 7, 2020, my sister Maria Kolesnikova was seized in the city center. She was taken off, pushed into a car. She was threatened, intimidated, interrogated, blackmailed, forced to leave the country. Those three months before that, she repeated she would never leave. The last time she uncompromisingly confirmed her decision was just the last day before her arrest. They brought her to the border with Ukraine in a car. And she invented a very beautiful and resourceful way to stay in the country. She tore up her passport. And now we do not have Maria, and Maria does not have her passport. When she was arrested, I decided that I had to go air. I read the poem by lawyer Maxim Znak about Maria. I knew that poetry would not save anyone, but I decided to do anything I could to save her. I have been doing it for almost two years already, every day. From the very first days of election campaign in May 2020, Maria, my sister, supported her colleague, Viktor Babarika, who ran for president in Belarus. He wanted to, put, to bring democracy to Belarus. When Viktor Babarika was arrested, just a month after, together with his son in June 2020, Maria became very popular. Everyone recognized her. And it was obvious that a legend has been born. When the trio met together with Maria, Svetlana and Veronika, everyone noticed that they are very different. But it was good. Finally, the puzzle was put together. They work hard, they sleep, slept little, they forgot to eat. Their first performance and speeches, they were not professional, polished or perfect. But it was sincere, courageous and very inspiring. They went on rallies through the whole territory of Belarus just in several weeks. And wherever they go, people met them as stars, but not from distance and at a distance, but very personal and close. So I looked at my sister, and I was overwhelmed by her energy. But also the pride for her could not be without a fear for her. Then, when she was arrested, actually, repression started to escalate. Thousands of people went through prisons, tortures, beatings, dismissals, humiliation. 
Right now, there are 1,500 political prisoners in Belarus. And repressions didn't stop till now. It's two years of almost endless repressions in Belarus. My sister was sentenced to 11 years in penal colony. She spent already 20 months in prison. Though she doesn't lose her optimism, and she sends a letters that inspire people in Belarus and outside of Belarus. And I would like to share a piece of her letter with you. This is a difficult but extremely rewarding experience, especially considering my choice. Or more correctly, the far-reaching consequences of my choice. I have repeatedly written to you that, having gone through this path myself, having seen myself and experiencing for myself how everything really does not work, I have no doubts about the correctness of my choice. If not us, then who? Or who, if not us? So I had, to had time to think about everything about it. Would I dissuade Maria from supporting Viktor Babarika or Svetlana during presidential campaign? Would I join the campaign myself if I would know that everything ends like this? And all the time, I have the same answer. Maria would walk this path, and I would walk it with her. First, because nothing has ended yet, because we exist, we are alive, we are proud of ourselves, we are very courage, and confidence in our truth is more stronger now. Second, because big changes often require sacrifice. None of our team members had a question whether to sacrifice or not. Just recently, a man who spent a year and a half in prison told me, we had to do this pass, and I have no regrets. And I know that my sister Maria, Viktor Babarika, his son Eduard, lawyer Maxim Znak, and many Belarusians who have suffered but who haven't been broken in prisons and suffering, will say like that. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Svetlana Dikhanovskaya, and I didn't expect to be here. Two years ago, I was a housewife, raising two hard-of-hearing children. I wasn't interested in politics, and even the fact that I can stay on such a stage was a nightmare for me. I became a politician by accident. My husband was a YouTube blogger. He went around the country and interviewed ordinary people about their life under dictatorship. It inspired him to run for president. And he was arrested immediately because he dared to challenge the dictator. I was very scared at that moment, but I made the decision to run for presidency instead of him. I was joined by two amazing women. Though none of us had any political experience it took us just seven minutes to unite all opposition forces. 
Thank you, Veronica, Masha, and Tatiana for being with me now and back then. Your courage is amazing me, and I'm still looking up to you. You know, I remember my first rally. My voice was breaking. I really was afraid to forget my name. Since then, I have changed a lot. But my voice still breaks when I'm speaking in front of a huge crowd, though. Some things never change. <laughs> you know, this is how our rally started. But this rally is still going on. We rallied against tyranny. Our fight brought hundreds of thousands of people to the streets for months. And despite terror and repressions, we haven't stopped our rallies for a day. We rallied for a vision of new Belarus. Belarus where the law protects the citizens, not the government. Where the police respect the people. Where technology defends democracy. Where culture promotes our national identity. We rallied an international support for our cause. Our voice has been heard in the UN Security Council, in the European Parliament, and all over the world. And that's why I feel like I am among the friends today. We rallied for freedom in Ukraine. Our country was used by the Kremlin to attack our neighboring Ukraine. We are united into anti-war movement. Our fearless partisans sabotaged railways to stop Russian troops. Our activists fight alongside Ukrainians. You know, we already achieved a lot. As Veronika said, unity is a key, and we managed to preserve it. Now our civil society is rebuilding from ashes. Our media reopened from exile after being closed in our country. Our human rights defenders help our political prisoners. You know, it's very important for us Tyranny doesn't happen in our country again. It's up to all of us, you know, to save our children from uh, dictatorship. And I have to say that we, uh, like, already um, developed immunity against dictatorship. And it's our task to make sure that will not repeat in our future. And. Uh, you know, I have to say that you can make a difference too. So I invite you to join our rally for Free Belarus. I know that there are a lot of journalists in this room. So I ask you to keep Belarus on agenda. Because our rally grows when you cover it. There are a lot of tech people here. Provide us tools to fight with censorship, from VPNs to blockchain. 
You know, our rally wouldn't be impossible uh, without Telegram, for example, without civil media. I know that there are a lot of activists here as well. You have the power to, uh, you have the power to turn deep concerns into real actions. We need strong advocates around the world. And I know that there are a lot of entrepreneurs here as well. Donate to our independent initiatives and organizations. Help us to launch rehabilitation programs for our political prisoners and for the children of political prisoners. You know, thousands of kids are waiting for their parents to return home. Thousands of families are separated against their will. You know, I still don't understand how to explain my children that they did is present for 18 years. It's up to all of us to bring our rally to its final and win. Our kids deserve to live in country without fear, without prisons, and without war. For them to have their own possibility to hold their own rally, but this will be really not against tyranny. It will be really for prosperous Belarus. final statements, I appeal personally to international community to help us to organize and host the next Belarus Democratic Forum, which is going to be, take place in Berlin, in Germany, in the middle of July. Thank you. I would like to add and to remind that there are 1,500 political prisoners in Belarus. I know that Maria my sister loves to receive the letters, as well as other political prisoners who need your support. Please visit the platform kledochku.org and write a letter to political prisoners. Maybe you will make, just with this simple step, you will make one day or several days of one man or women in Belarus happier. Thank you. And I ask you to start your own rally for Belarus in your city, in your university, in your company. Your rallies will give us energy to continue ours. You know, in 2020, during huge demonstrations, our people turned on the lights of their phones and waved to see how many of us are there. So let's recreate that moment. I ask you to turn on your lights and wave with us.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Живи Беларусь! Живи Беларусь! Живи! Thank you for supporting Беларусь!